You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. All right, this morning I want to share with you, I want to start another teaching, wielding the sword of the Spirit. Okay? As, 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 as a child of God, as, an, as part of the army, Huh? You need to know how to use your weapons. Amen. And the sword of the spirit is your defensive weapon. <laughs> yeah? That's a weapon that God has given to you. And you need to be skilled at wielding this um, weapon. Use it. You need to use it. Many people don't use the sword of the Spirit enough. They don't use the sword of the Spirit enough. And the enemy is happy with that. <laughs> mm. Glory, glory. Okay, let's start from, let's look at Hebrews chapter 4. Popular passage, Hebrews chapter 4. And we'll read verse, um, verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 4. Look at what it says. For the word of God is living and powerful. The word of God is what? Living and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is more powerful than you think. The Word of God is more effective than you think. The Word of God is more necessary than you think. <laughs> in case you don't know, one of the rewards you are likely to get in heaven has, is connected to the Word of God. Yeah? Yeah? Because he, he, he would reward you according to what you do with the word. Correct? Are you a doer of the word or are you a hearer only? Are you a wise man or a foolish man? It's all connected to the word. So the sword of the spirit is an offensive weapon. It's a weapon that God has given to us for confrontation. To confront the enemy. Hallelujah. But the interesting thing about the sword of the spirit. That prior to the Romans. Historically speaking now. Prior to the time that the Romans. The Roman Empire rose. One of the, one of the things that made the Roman um, warriors very effective. Is 
that they came up with a sword. They call it the Makaira sword. Okay? Makaira sword was a two, was a double-edged sword. Prior to the Roman Empire, it was just swords were just one-sided. One edge. So the Romans came up with the Makaira, about 60 centimeters, I think. <laughs> yeah. So they came up with this sword, they designed this, and it made them very effective in warfare. Very effective. So they will strike like this and then strike like that. Whereas before, you will strike. Then if you want to strike this way, you have to turn and strike again, you know, with the same side. So it gave the Roman soldiers an advantage over their enemies. And not only that, their soldiers were trained well-trained in using the Makaira effectively. They were effective in using the sword. There are many believers that are not effective in using the sword. They have the sword, but they don't know how to wield the sword. Say, hey, I have a sword. Hey, look at it. Look at it. It's sharp. Oh, and that's it. It's like some people's sword is used for decoration. <laughs> huh? I've been in some offices where I saw a sword on the wall. Oh, this sword was given to me when I went to New Jersey and this and that. And then they hang it on the wall. The sword of the Spirit is not for decoration. It's not for decoration. It's for war. It's for war. So, some people, the sword, the interesting thing about the Makara is that it was not as long as the other swords. The swords that the other um, armies used to use. So, it was just the perfect length so if they could use it to maneuver quickly quickly it was a roman invention and today because of that today we see swords we see swords double-sided but it came from that time so the bible is now telling us that the word of god is living and powerful it is sharper hallelujah Sharper than any two-edged sword. So when Paul was making that statement, those guys knew exactly what he was talking about. Because they knew that this was like, this was that, like the latest weapon in warfare at that time. Huh? Today, I don't know, what, what, what's the latest weapon? Huh? Is it, is, is it, is it the drones? I heard of one, one bomb that they threw. What did they call it? The mother of bombs. What, what is Huh? Is that? <laughs> there's a mother and then there's a father. Which one is the father? Which one is the mother? Russia has the father. Okay. So America threw this bomb, right? What do they call it? Uh, 
mother of all bombs. Moab, is it? So this bomb, when they throw it, right, it lands. Boom. But then it goes down. So it doesn't just land, boom, and then break, scatter things on the surface. No, it, it lands if there are bunkers down. It just goes down. Everything down goes, boom. So that's, that was Trump's introduction to power. It's as if every president has the opportunity to test something. <laughs> every American president. Yeah. But at this time, this was like the latest. The Makara was the latest. And the most effective. Hallelujah. Now God is saying... The weapons that you have are more effective. This is more powerful than any bomb. Hmm? It's more effective. I remember the time that they came up with uh, this missile, Scott missile. When they will fire this missile, this missile is, is chasing the target. Huh? You see it on TV. During the call for, my goodness, that was, a f- that was the first time that the world could see such a thing. So the enemy bomber is, 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 go- is trying to escape and, and, and the missile is following it. Following it. Why? Because they use a technology. I don't know if it's laser or whatever. It detects the object. Hallelujah. You need to watch more war movies. (laughs) And so the the target is going. The thing is going. Just following. And then guess what? The Israelis came up with a with a what do they call it? I've forgotten now. It's, It's been a while. This one eats missiles. It just, it will just capture it. Boom. So when Iraq was preparing, we're going to shoot, we're, we're going to throw missiles, fire missiles at Israel. Israel said, oh, no, no worry, no worries. We've got the solution. So when the fire is, boom, then there's automatically, they don't even need, it's, it's already set, programmed. They're sleeping. This thing is fighting. So, why am I saying this? I want you to see the sophistication of warfare today. In the natural. How much more in the spirit? In the spirit. The word of God beats every technology. I'm telling you, it beats every warfare technology. So not only was it more effective in the days of Rome, it is more effective today. It's more effective today. And if you don't get, if you don't become an expert in wielding your sword of the Spirit, 
My goodness. Nobody's going to do it for you. Okay? Nobody will do it. I'm not going to do it for you. Oh, pastor, come and fight this battle for me. No, I won't fight it for you. What have you been doing with all you've been receiving? Hello? I'm not one of those pastors that want to be a superstar and all of that. I want to be the champion and just be doing things so that you can just be praising me and, sh- you know, whatever. I'm not that kind. Of, I don't need that. You need to take your own sword. You need to take your own sword and begin to wield it in the spirit. Come on. Hallelujah. And say, where where are you going? Where do you think you're going? You take it out and the enemy sees. He says, oh, this is not one of those walkovers. Hmm? Yeah, this is not one of those Christians. Hallelujah. So the sword of the Spirit is more powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's sharper. Piercing even to the division of a soul and spirit. Hello. Do you know of any weapon that can go into the soul and into the spirit and even divide the soul and the spirit? Do you know that the soul and the spirit are so Connected. You can't separate them. Even when you die, your soul and your spirit don't get separated. Yeah. Nothing can separate them. So if you go to heaven, you go to heaven with your soul and your spirit. You don't go with your body. Yes, when you die, your body is separated from your spirit. Okay? But your spirit and your soul... They're like that. But now he's saying that the weapon that we have has the capability to separate the soul and the spirit. Imagine that. It can pierce even to the division of the soul and the spirit. Can you see? The division. Hallelujah. And joints and marrow, even into your bones. So it's not only working in the in the in the spiritual dimension or in the in the psychic, in the soul dimension, right? The sword, this weapon, this sword that you have can work in your body. Can work in your physical body. It can fight battles in your body. Do you understand? There are physical battles. That, that are waging, raging in our bodies. Yeah, there are battles that take place in the body. I'm telling you. Sickness is a battle. It's a battle. There are battles that are raging. But if, if you learn to wage this, this, this sword, to wield this sword, I'm telling you, you can apply it there. You can apply it in your spirit. Your spirit man, you use the sword. In your soul, in your mind, in your emotions, you can use the sword. It will be effective there. Incredible. There's there's not yet a human invention that has this capability. With all the advancement in science and technology, 
Man has not been able to come up with any technology that is as effective as this. Incredible. Amen? You believe? Can you see that? It's a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Can you imagine? This sword has the capability to work in your thoughts. In the thoughts of men. The sword of the spirit. You have it already. But do you know how to use it? Did you know how to use it? You need to learn to use the sword. Hallelujah. I want you to fall in love with your Bible. Because it is more powerful than you think. And I'm just trying to show you a little bit. This is just a little bit of what this sword can do. Amen? Amen. So that's why I say you need to be able to wield this sword. And you need to be a master. You need to use it effectively. Why? Because you are going to see, you'll see that as time goes on, the people that are going to begin to rise are people that have mastered how to use the sword. These are people that will wake up and take the sword of the Spirit and begin to apply it begin to use it. The interesting thing about the sword of the spirit is that if you use it, it's, it's an offensive weapon, but it's also a defensive weapon. Yeah. So you can use it to confront the enemy. You can use it to confront situations. But you can also use it to defend what you've got. Incredible. Yes? Because you need, you need the truth, right? The word of God is truth. And you see, you'll see that. If you read Ephesians 6, I don't want to go there. Lest I begin, lest I dwell too long there. But if you read Ephesians 6, where Paul talks about the armor of the Roman soldier, he uses the, the, the armor of the Roman soldier as a picture of the armor that we have in the spirit. If you look at all of that, you find one thing that is common to all of them. And I can prove to you that each piece of armor there is linked to the word of God. <laughs> it's linked to the word. Huh? The belt of truth. Huh? The, the, the belt holds everything together. If you've seen the picture of a Roman soldier. But what is the truth? Thy word is truth. <laughs> Thy word is truth. Hallelujah. The shield of faith. Look up, think about the shield, which is what used to block the fiery darts of the enemy. How does faith come? Can you see? <laughs> So the point I'm trying to make is that if you are not skilled in the word, oof, 
I don't know how you're going to go forward as a soldier of Christ. We need to master the word. Hallelujah. We need to master the word. Hmm? I want to give you some examples. Do you want examples? Let me think. What example should we start with? There are several in the scriptures. Okay, first of all, let's look at Joshua chapter 1. The popular Joshua chapter 1. One of the things I learned about the book of Joshua is that when you study the whole book, it's, it's almost, it's like you see the word everywhere. But the word in the book of Joshua appears in a physical form. But what, let me explain that. Let me read first Joshua chapter, chapter 1 verse 8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your, what? Mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. This book of the law shall not depart from where? From your mouth. Okay? The law, the book of the law, what is that? It's the word of God. So God is giving Joshua the key to success and prosperity. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from where? From your mouth. All right? But in the New Testament, we're now told that the word is the sword. But at that time, when God was telling Joshua, Joshua didn't understand, he didn't have the revelation that this book of the law is actually a sword in the spirit. So, but God was giving him a key to success. Because remember, this guy is taking over from Moses. Moses that was almost worshipped. I mean, this guy, God, God will come down in a cloud in front of everybody talking to Moses face to face. And now, Moses is gone. Joshua has to fill his shoes. And Joshua is so intimidated. I mean, I don't have the kind of relationship that Moses had with God. My goodness. This guy was something else. He wrote the entire Torah. I mean, this guy walked with God to a point where he could tell us when creation started. Hmm? This guy saw God. He, he told them about creation. He told them about Noah. He told them about, about Abraham. He told Yet he was not there. Wow. Do you think it was just oral tradition? Did Moses receive Genesis by oral tradition? No. He received it by revelation. So Joshua is intimidated, but God now gives him this as a key. 
This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Why? There is going to be a sword in your mouth if you learn to meditate in it day and night. If you will meditate in it day and night, and you will observe to do according to all that is written in it, you will never fail. That's what God was telling Joshua. So don't, don't be intimidated that Moses is not here. I'm giving you my word. This is the key to Moses' success. And I'm giving it to you as well. So take the word, meditate on it day and night. Don't let it depart from your mouth. In other words, don't stop speaking it. Don't stop speaking it. Speaking what the media is speaking will not take you anywhere. Speaking what God is saying is what will take you to where God has for you. Are you getting my point? So this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night. Remember, we're talking about wielding the sword of the Spirit. Wielding the sword of the Spirit. When I say wielding the sword of the Spirit, what am I really talking about? I'm talking about use. Effective use. And effective employment of the weapon of war, which is the Word of God. Employing it actively and effectively. Using it effectively in your life, in your situation. So some of us need to wake up and begin to dust our Bibles. Some of us need to become miners of the Word of God. Where you now begin to search the Scripture and begin to bring out certain, certain um, truths that you will use for your daily meditation. So this is not the time. This is not the time for Bible bites. This is the time to get soaked in the word. Are you getting me? Yeah. So meditation was the key that God gave Joshua. Right? But what happened? Now Joshua is meditating. But... <laughs> He is also applying his physical effort. And I want to use one example. There, there are several in the book of Joshua. Do yourself a favor and study the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 10. He says, now it came to pass. Uh, no, no, for the sake of time. Let me just skip. Right? Um, let me explain. All right. The Gibeonites, in chapter ten, 9, came and they pretended to be from a very far country. Alright? And then they, 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 they took this bread, this stale bread, moldy bread, and they said, look, when we left, this bread was fresh, hot. But they, on our journey, the journey is so far. Look at the bread. We heard about the God of Israel. We heard about the great things that your God did for you in Egypt. And we have come to make a covenant with you. That you will not destroy us. 
and Joshua, instead of seeking the Lord, went into a covenant with them. He went into a league with them. All right? After that, he now discovered, oh, these are our neighbors. <laughs> they were, they, Joshua was so upset. But it's, a covenant is a covenant. God will honor that. All right? So now, the other nations around discovered when they realized that Gibeon had gone into covenant with, um, with Israel, they decided to attack them. So they were going to attack Gideon. They want to finish Gideon. How could you betray us? How can you go into an alliance with those people? Those are our enemies. How can you go and join our enemies? You are supposed to join us so that we can defeat them and wipe them all out. So they decided to come against Gibeon. Right? They came against Gibeon and then uh, in verse 4 they, they sent a message to Joshua. It, it says, come up to me and help me that we may attack Gibeon. Okay? Alright. Uh, Alright, this is what the, 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 the enemies were saying. Come up that we may attack Gibeon. Why? Because they have made peace with Joshua, with the children of Israel. Therefore, five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jamoth, the king of Lachish, the king of Eglon, gathered together, went up. They and all their armies camped before Gibeon and made war against them. Alright? They made war against them. And the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp at Gilgal, saying, Do not forsake your servants. Come up quickly. Save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the mountains have gathered together against us. This battle was not even Joshua's battle. But you see, when you are in covenant, your covenant partner's battle is your battle. Even though they tricked Joshua into this covenant, Joshua was obliged to honor that agreement. Okay? So they sent, they sent word, they sent a message to Joshua to come and help them. An SOS. Hmm? No, it's an SOS. So Joshua ascended. Come on, look at that. Joshua ascended, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. He had some warriors. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear. Do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. Come on. Hallelujah. Even God honored that covenant. God did not say, no, this is not a battle for Israel. Nope. Because you're in covenant, I'm going to fight. says to Joshua, don't be afraid. There are five kings. It's like five nations. Five nations. He says, none of them will stand before you. Don't fret. Come on. Let's read on. Very interesting story. It will make a good movie. I am telling you. <laughs> to make a blockbuster. 
Joshua therefore came upon them suddenly, having marched all night from Gilgal for his, for his covenant servants. Okay? So the Lord routed them before Israel, killed them with a great slaughter at Gibeon, chased them along the road that goes to Beth Horon, and struck them down as far as Azekah and Makeda. All right, let's read on. And it happened as they fled before Israel and were on their descent, on the descent of Beth Horon, that the Lord cast down large hailstones from heaven on them as far as Azekah. And they died. There were more who died from the hailstones than the children of Israel killed with the sword. Now, I want you to see, they killed with the sword. All right? Now, there's, there's, there's a lot happening. There's a lot happening. First of all, God, the, 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 the Gibeonites sent word to Joshua and say, Look, Joshua, we're your servants. Remember, our covenant is that we're going to serve you forever. We're going to serve you. We are your servants. You can't allow them to do this to us. So, these guys want to kill us because of the alliance that we have with you. And Joshua responds. As Joshua is responding, God speaks. That's a sword already. That word of the Lord is a sword of the Spirit. Do you understand? God, God speaks. That's a rema word. That's a rema word. Okay? And now, Joshua takes all his men and they take their swords and they're going. And of course, the slaughter. This is physical sword. Alright? So it's a combination. This battle is a classic battle. Why? Because you see a combination of weapons employed in this war. Yeah. So there's a sword of the spirit, there's a physical sword, and now hailstones from heaven. God uses hailstones. Listen, if need be, God will throw down anything from heaven to destroy the enemy. Do you understand? If you will employ the sword of the spirit, that's why I say the sword of the spirit is more sophisticated than any weapon that man has ever come up with. Why? Because the sword of the Spirit can move heaven. Not only can it work on the bone, the marrow, the, the thoughts, the intents, the soul, the soul and the spirit. No, no, no. It can work in the heavenlies. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, let's read on. Come on. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, come on, look at that. Sun, stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley of Aijalon. Hey, there is a sword in his mouth as well. So you get to that point where the words that you say become like a sword. That's what it said about Jesus. One of the things that Jesus is going to use to destroy the enemy is the sword in his mouth. Read Revelation. 
Okay? Stand still. And what happens? Look. So the sun stood still. And the moon stopped. Hey. Till the people had revenge upon their enemies. And is this not written in the book of Joshua? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down about a whole day. Oh, Kabbalinde Ketostaha. When you learn to wield the sword of the Spirit, the elements can obey you. That's what happened here. The elements. Can you imagine? People are waiting for night to come. Night refuses to come. Because you are busy fighting the war. The battle of the Lord. Hallelujah. This is incredible. It's incredible. So God, what God gave Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 is what what made him effective here. That is what made him effective. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night. To observe, to do according to all that is written thereof. And then you shall make your way prosperous and have good success. Can you see that? My Lord. So the sword of the Spirit is more powerful than you've imagined. It's more effective than you've imagined. Amen? So this is an example. I can give you other examples. You can see another example. For the sake of time, I won't read it, but I'll just tell you. When David faced Goliath. When he faced Goliath, he used a combination of the sword of the Spirit and a sling and stone. Yeah. But I want you to know that what made him effective was not just his skill in, 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 in using the sling, but his skill in the Word. His skill in the Word was what made him effective and successful in that battle. So Goliath, for a whole month, had been using the sword of his own spirit to paralyze the armies of Israel. Psychological warfare. See, one of the things that happens in warfare, there's a lot of propaganda. There's a lot of uh, dissemination of information and sometimes any kind of information that will weaken your enemy you continue to release it release it release it release it and then the enemy the more he hears you the weaker he becomes the weaker he becomes so you see sometimes in some of these um, sports like boxing and all of that and wrestling before the match you see, can you see the, the kind of words that are exchanged. What are they trying to do? They are trying to use the sword of the spirit. Before the physical battle. So by the time it goes physical. They have already taken charge. 
In the spiritual realm, I'm telling you. Yeah. So that's why you need to wield the sword of the Spirit. Learn to do that. Learn to do that. Learn to take charge. Hallelujah. Because God has made you a king. And the kings, have, they, they have their own sword. I'm, I'm telling you. The sword of the king, I'm telling you. It's all carbon the heart. Sure. Once you will that in the spirit, they know. They can see. So, David comes against Goliath. Goliath has been there one month. Everybody's like panicking. Oh my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we? And this boy that was just sent to deliver food, he wasn't even sent to fight. He wasn't even trained in war. No experience. Inexperience. So do you see that even inexperience is not a disadvantage if you master the sword of the Spirit? Yeah. So this guy, he's coming there with the... And then he says, what's going on here? And they say, no, this guy, you know, for the past one month, it's been like this. It's been going on every day, every day. This guy is talking like this. So what's going to happen? Said, well, the king has even tried to motivate the, the, the troops. Is there anyone that, anyone that is able to, 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 to take on this guy? He will give him his daughter. You know, his father's house will be tax-free. You know, all kinds of incentive. And David says, what? What will happen? What? <laughs> what in it? <laughs> Wow. When David heard the incentive, he said, ah, <laughs> this one, I'm, go I'm going for it. His brother, his elder brother, elder, says, what's wrong with you? To, wh 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 where did you keep those sheep? Huh? You, I know you with your pride. You, you this proud boy. You are here again. Huh? But they didn't realize his walk with God. Let him know that this guy has been meditating day and night. Day and night. Day and night. In the word of God. Day and night. They were not there. They were not there when he was doing it. Now it's time for show. Public show. Hallelujah. There's a day of showing. Now we're going through like some processes. But I'm telling you, the day is coming. Amen. The day of your revelation is coming. Hallelujah. When God will reveal you to the world. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's coming. Amen. It's an appointment. Hallelujah. It will surely come. Amen. Hallelujah. But God set it up that there was a Goliath that needed to be taken out. Yes. 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 So David stands before him and says, You come against me with swords. Huh? But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel. The one that you have defied. What has he done? He is wielding his sword in the spirit. Immediately he made that statement. Boom. 
angels came into action. They say, wow. This is the moment we've been waiting for. All these other people that are looking for where to hide. This inexperienced boy is the one that is able to stand and speak the word. And he's able to wield his sword. Say, I'm not afraid of you. It is going to be known that there's a God in Israel. I'm going to cut off your head. Sure. Where do you get those kind of words? If you've been meditating on the word of God, at the right time, you won't need to look for what to say. The spirit of God will give it to you. He'll give you the right utterance. I'm telling you. The reason why we are so dry is because we don't spend time with him. But this guy doesn't spend time with him. Even when they told Saul, Saul says, look, this guy has been fighting from his youth. This guy's experience in battle. You can't joke with that. You are just a small boy. He says, look, king, I took out a lion. I remember when I was looking at them, my fathership, a lion came. And I killed it. A bear also came. And I killed it. The same God who was with me that time is able. Come on. Ah. You can see that this guy has not been feeding on the media. He's not been feeding on the media. He's been feeding on the word of God. He's been meditating on the word of God day and night. You can see that. The people that were feeding on the media, the propaganda of the Philistines, were paralyzed. Only the guy that has fed on the word is able to take a stand. It's time to will your sword. It's time to will your sword. Begin to spend time meditating. Hallelujah. I think I want to put some scriptures together for you that you can begin to use day and night. Yeah. To, you know, begin to use. Years ago, we, put, we, we did a bookmark that for daily meditation. I think we need to bring that back. Some people don't even know it. When you speak it and you speak it and you speak it and you speak it and you speak it, power is releasing your spirit. Hallelujah. Let's stand up on our feet. Thank you, Jesus. It's time to wield the sword of the spirit. My Lord and my God. It doesn't matter where the enemy is, whether it's in the heavenlies, whether it's in the soul, whether it's in the spirit. Whether it is in your flesh, whether it is in your bones, whether it is in your marrow, the sword of the Spirit can go in and sort it out. We will sort it out by the sword of the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God, my Lord and my God, 
Mondelekete Sekete Lebesilabaha. It's time to wield the sword of the Spirit. It's time to take your sword and go to battle. Go to battle for your for your inheritance. Go to battle for this nation. Let's go to battle for this land. Let's go to battle for this city. Let's go to battle for souls. Let's go to battle for our families. It's time. It's time. With the sword of the Spirit. Oh, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. My Lord, we take our swords. We take our swords. Yenemis konomustaba labaha. Lendeleme. Yeleme kalebos. Zondelebe kalebos. In the name of Jesus. Kondelebelebelebelebelebe. Monda la ba 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 my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Mm. My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Sundala baba 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 baba. Zindelebe kadeke tekete. Yendeleme kola baba 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 baba. Zondelebe koskeneme sola baba baba baba. Zola ba 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 ba. Mighty God. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. I declare that no weapon formed or fashioned against you shall prosper. I declare in the name of Jesus that no enemy will prevail over you. According to the word of the Lord, the enemy shall come in one way. And he will flee in seven directions against you in the name of Jesus. I declare the word of the Lord over your home, over your family. I position angels, angels of protection over your life, over your family in the name of Jesus. And I declare that accident will be far from you. I declare that premature death will be far from you. I declare that afflictions will be far from you. In the name of Jesus, sickness will not survive in your body. Every virus, every germ that come, touches your body will die in the name of Jesus. I declare that every weapon, every weapon of the enemy that has been fashioned against you will be destroyed and consumed by the fire of God. In the name of Jesus, I declare that they will come in one way against you, but they will flee in seven directions. I declare that you shall be the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. I declare that you will prosper in all your endeavors. 
in the name of Jesus, you will prosper in the city. You will prosper in the field. You will prosper at home. You will prosper even on the way as you go about on your daily, daily affairs. Yes, the favor of God is upon you. The favor of God surrounds you like a shield. Like a shield. Irresistible favor. Favor that cannot be explained shall be your portion. In the name of Jesus, I declare in the name of Jesus that when the enemy, when the enemy comes against you, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise a standard against him. In the name of Jesus. Yes, I declare that the spirit of wisdom rests upon you. The spirit of wisdom and revelation rests upon you. In the name of Jesus, the eyes of your understanding are flooded with light. Flooded with light. Yes, you will not be confused. Confusion is far from you. In the name of Jesus, you are blessed, you are empowered. You are empowered to prosper in all your endeavors. In the name of Jesus. Yes. You will never be stranded in the name of Jesus. Yes, you will never be clueless because you have the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is not clueless and therefore you will never be clueless. I declare in the name of Jesus that the hand of the Lord is upon you. His anointing increases upon your life. His anointing increases upon your life. You go from glory to glory. The glory of the Lord overwhelms you. It overshadows you. It overpowers every work of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, you will walk in high places. You will walk in places you are not even qualified for. In the name of Jesus, I declare open doors over your life. I declare a release of resources. Oh, abundance over your life. I release it over your life. I declare it over your life. Health is your portion. Divine health is your portion. You will go stronger. You will go stronger. In the name of Jesus. I speak to your immune system. I, I speak strength to your immune system. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Supernatural reinforcement and fortification. Yes, I declare that over your, your, over your body. In the name of Jesus. I command every organ in your body to function properly. Perfectly. Perfectly. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We bless your name. We glorify you. In Jesus' name. Amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.